Hey, welcome to number 91 of the Scoped Podcast. I'm your host, Jackson, and this is a very different episode than what you're used to on this podcast. Usually we have bands in, we have actors, we drink beers, we laugh, we talk about everything, and sometimes it's just me ranting about some random topics, but this is a very important episode and something I'm honored to be a part of, and it's bittersweet because I got to reconnect with my good friend, Leah, who I haven't seen in a long time, haven't, I mean, I've known her for I don't know, since like 2010, 2011, and she's a wonderful person, and she's a great mother. And she's in here today talking about the loss of her son, Parker, uh, back in 2018, something that no parent should ever have to go through. It was a horrific way that she lost her son, and I just can't even imagine it. Leah tells the story. It gets emotional, but I'm honored to sit here and talk with her about it, and I'm honored to emcee the music festival they're throwing in Parker's honor on October 19th. So it's coming up at Swanee Town Center from 2 to 10 p.m. It's the Right Away Music Fest. Trust me, it gets emotional. Uh, I had to hold back tears very many times during this episode, but no big description here. Just really want you to listen and um, get information about the music festival, like I said, happening October 19th at Swanee Town Center from 2 to 10 p.m., the Right Away Music Fest. So let's get into it. Really honored that I got to sit down with Leah and her husband, Chris, and hear the story. Now you're turning into the Scope Podcast. You got it? Yeah. I can't believe I didn't bring beer. I had beer at my house. I was like, I don't know if they're going to want beer. Let's delay this. Go go run to your house. Well, next time, next time time we'll go to the brewery. You were in Macon. It just happened. Yeah. Okay. I work in Macon. Do you? Yes, I do. My mom lives in Macon. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're in Warner Robins. Uh Warner Robins is like, all right, Macon's cool. No, I know, but I'm just, I'm not saying come to Warner Robins. I'm saying let me know. (laughs) I don't hang out with people from Warner Robins. That's not my neck of the woods. The hell you don't. Hang out with them now. <laughs> no, I'm I love you. We're not from Warner Robins. No, y'all moved there from Decula, right? I, yeah. Yeah. I did. He was already there. You were already in Warner Robins. He was in there a long time. He's not from there. He's from Texas. From the old Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, Liam, like we were saying, you and I have known each other a long time. I We became friends because I found you on Facebook because we have the same last name. This is the only the second time we've ever, ever been in met. person. I know. Yeah, I met. Crazy. We used to keep up with each other all the time. I'd ask you how your family was doing. You'd ask how college was going. Like, you know, it was just, it was really fun. It was, it, it was really fun, you know, to, to have a friend like that. And then, like, I remember when, when, when we met the first time you came in, it was like, 
we had known each other for so long, but it was that it was very emotional. It was a very emotional moment, it like was, like actually meeting in person. We'd never actually seen each other. Yeah, I, I, we'd never actually met, but I, you know, we knew each other. <laughs> and I and I hated the circumstances that uh that you know caused us to finally meet. You know, and um, I was telling someone the other day that um that even though you had never met Parker, you felt like you knew him mm -hmm. because you'd heard so many stories about him and seen so many pictures of him on Facebook and, you know, all that kind of stuff that you, you said you felt like you'd known him. <laughs> it did. It did. It uh, just from, you know, like you said, all the stories you would say or, you know, would share. And I did feel like I knew him a little bit. And um, like I said, just, I mean, I guess as, as painful as that is, tell us, you know, a little bit what happened while we're about to talk about what we're going to talk about what happened well we um parker primarily most of his life grew up in decula um area near the mall of georgia but he moved down to warner robbins i had moved down to warner robbins and he moved down there um he had after i moved he had stayed up in the this atlanta area for about two years but kind of fell on hard times and just needed a soft place to land and I was living down there with my now husband, and so he came to live with us just to kind of, kind of um, get himself readjusted, save up some money, that kind of stuff. I mean, he, you know, we, he always knew he was welcome, and so he'd been with us for about ten months. Um, he was working at a restaurant. He had also worked at the same restaurant up in the Hamilton Mill or Mala, Georgia area as well. And so he knew the owners at the restaurant, and they, they, of course, adored Parker and were like, oh, my gosh, we have a restaurant in Warner Robins. If you ever move in with your mom down in Warner Robins, you got a job. So, of course, he had a job with them. Um, so on the afternoon of January 21st, 2018, um, he was trying to find something different, and he had gone for a job interview um, somewhere, and he got the job. He was really excited about it. He said that it was a group interview and they didn't hire anybody at the group interview, but the guy told him he was definitely hiring him. He was super excited. He'd had a great day. Um, he'd had some work done on his car and my husband took him to pick up his car and he was super happy and proud of himself that he had paid for the work to be done on his car. Anyway, so uh, a friend of his at his job was not feeling well and asked him if he would cover his last couple of hours of his shift. And Parker agreed because that's just the kind of person that he was. Um, I think he was happy about the new job in the car and really wanted to go to work and show everybody, hey, look, I got the car back and everything. Um, shortly before closing, as they were finishing up for the evening, they had the back door open because they were taking trash out and that kind of stuff. Um, and someone came in through the back door and uh, with the intention of, of robbing them, which they did. And Parker gave the guy the money um, and nobody resisted. And, you know, for whatever reason, the guy just decided he was going to shoot. So he shot Parker um, and he shot another coworker and the other coworker lived, but Parker was killed. So um, initially, you know, people didn't know what to do. Um, and so my sister-in-law started a GoFundMe account, um, you know, to cover any expenses, you know, that would have come up because of what had happened. Um, and after a while, you know, we weren't out any money because we both had, you know, time from work and stuff like that and very understanding workplaces. Um, 
but we had this money that people had given us for GoFundMe, and, and I, we just thought, you know, what are we going to do with this? We don't necessarily need it. We thanked people for it, but we didn't know what to do with it, and I didn't want to just pay bills with it or go on a trip with it, so we decided that we were going to give some scholarships in Parker's name, that we wanted his name to be carried on in a positive light um, and a giving light because that's the way he was. Even though he didn't have much, <laughs> he never had any money, he would give somebody whatever he had. His work that he worked in was a restaurant, and sometimes he would have someone that would come in that was homeless that ha- needed something to eat, and Parker would give him a free meal. I mean, he was just a very giving person like that. So we started this nonprofit, and it's just grown from there. And it started because of people, um, you know, just wanting to give something in Parker's name and to help us out in our difficult situation. And, and it's just grown from there. And We've given away 15 scholarships. We've sent um, a couple of kids and underprivileged children to camps, um, particularly the camp uh, in Charleston that Parker went to, Camp Seaway through Clemson University. Um, and we're having a music festival in October. We wanted to do something to bring people together and to um, enjoy and celebrate Parker's life and all the things he loved. And he loved music probably more than anything. Well, maybe not more than me. He loved his mom. <laughs> but he loved music. He loved people. He loved interacting with everyone. He never met a stranger. Um, he crossed all barriers of all types of people, um, was friends with everyone. Uh, he loved animals. He loved um, food. And he loved beer. That's <laughs> what I always tell people. He loved some craft beer. <laughs> So the music festival that we are having um, in his honor is just to bring everybody together in celebration of not only Parker's lives, but just to enjoy being together. Um, and and that's basically what it's going to be. Well, I mean, we we talked about this, when was it, like February, January? Yeah, like a the, while ago. Yeah, so this year has flown by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really it's just has. been so busy. Like the summer flew by in an instant. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, beyond honored to uh, have been asked to MC this. And you know, I would always be a part of something like this and always help out. Um, and we're going to talk more about it. But which one of you was the last to see Parker? We both saw him at the same time. Uh, I mean, he was leaving the kitchen. He he walked out of the kitchen. Um, and as the only way I can describe it is he sort of bebopped out. He was zipping up his hoodie as he went out the door and said, I. You know, I'm going to cover for so-and-so for a couple of hours, whatever the guy's name was. And uh, he said, you know, the last thing he said to me, I mean, literally the very last thing he said to me was, I won't be gone long. He said, I love you, Ma. I won't be gone long. Um, the last person that he had commun- he, of us <coughs> that he communicated with was Chris. And he sent him a text about what time was it that he sent that text, which was right about the time he was killed. So he had just sent this text probably five or ten minutes before this guy came in. And he, well, you could say better than me what he said. What exactly? Come on, Chris. Just, jump, on, o- Chris. just jump over here for a minute. I know. Being a man, you don't want to be emotional. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> no, uh, no he, he had sent me that text. I guess it was about 945. And uh, it was it was simply a, a thank you. You could tell he was still his spirits were real high because you know his his texts were upbeat. You could see, and he was he just wanted to make sure he wanted to thank me for helping him. You know, get his car and get it back. And you know, we had 
we had an adventure getting it back from the place. Uh, you'd, you'd have to have seen the car and known him to, to know the story. But anyways, it, it was an adventure getting it back. And so he was thanking me for that. And he wanted to make sure that I thanked the mechanic who fixed it because the mechanic actually works with me, you know, out there on the base where we work. But he has this side business where he does car work. So he said, make sure, you know, you thank this guy too. So, I mean, that's all it was. And, you know, that was it. Now, that was the last text I got. But that was very Parker. Yeah. Hey, I just want to say thank you for, for doing this for me. And he, you know, if there's anything to try and see that um, is positive, you know, out of the situation and out of that day, it was that he had a good day. He had a good day that day. He was happy. Yeah, he did. He actually made that post. He said it was a good day. Yeah. No. His very last post they made on Facebook and Snapchat said, I got me a new job. The infinity is fixed. It was a good day. And it was a picture of the sunset. Uh, it was a picture he took at the guy's place picking up the car. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just glad he didn't have a bad or stressful day. He was happy. He got a new job. He got his car back that he paid for himself. I didn't help him pay for it. <laughs> and he was very proud of that, that he had saved up the money himself. He didn't need any help with it. He had done it. And he was very proud of himself for that. So I think it's one reason that he he would have gone in to help this guy out anyway hmm. at work. Because that's just, he was always the one that everybody called to fill in because he would always do it. He just was always, you know, there. And, um, but I think he was really happy to go to work and <coughs> tell them, show them, hey, look, I got my car. Because they were all, you know, for months having oh, to yeah. give him rides oh, home. Yeah. And <laughs> I would take him to work. Mm -hmm. He would Uber to and from work. Yeah, that became like his best friend. Hey, yeah, <laughs> the Uber driver. He became, Literally, yeah. He became a very good friend of the Uber driver. And the Uber driver told me later, we were going to have Parker a day. Like me and my wife were going to have a Parker day where we're going to invite everybody we knew over for a barbecue so he could meet people. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, how many people? <laughs> yeah, and then like coincidentally, one of the first scholarships that this foundation awarded, it ended up being going to this guy's wife. Wow. Unbeknownst to us, we didn't know who she was. She was selected because she was in one of the programs, the, I think the nursing program, which was one of the programs that we yeah. decided we would go ahead and award scholarships to. And it just so happened it went to her. And then well, afterwards, you know, sort of figured it out. Well, which was kind of crazy because he would come home after being brought home by this Uber driver and he would say, yeah, his wife, you know, Frederick was the guy's name, Frederick's wife you know, is in nursing school, and I told him, man, my mom went to nursing school, and, you know, she did it, you know, tell your wife she can do it, because she was going through some tough times, and not sure if she wanted to continue, and no, man, tell her, it's gonna, she's going to get through it, she's going to get through it, and then she was the first one to get a scholarship in Parker's honor. It's amazing. <laughs> Which was really That's crazy. pretty crazy, yeah. It was, it was crazy. And what was the, the scene like when y'all when you, what, how did you find out about Parker? Like, what was the initial getting there? Mm. What's going through your head? I know, I know that's you can tell the story now, but it felt like a lifetime at the moment. Yeah, well, it was actually it started with um, I started getting texts uh, asking, you know, was there something going on at Barb's? You know, was there something going on where he was working? And I said, no. I'm, I said, well, is he working up there tonight? And I said, yeah, he's up there. I said, but I just 
I just talked to him. I just had a text with him. He said, well, there's, there's a bunch of cop cars up there, and I'm hearing that there's been a shooting. And I said, well, I just texted. I mean, literally, just like 10, 15 <clears throat> minutes ago, I was texting with him. So I said, I, you know, I don't think so, but we'll, you know, I'll check on it. So I tried texting him again, and it didn't, didn't get anything. And uh, so then I started to think, well, he's just busy, you know, no biggie. I never would have expected this. I thought it was maybe something between a couple customers. You know, they got a bar area there. I thought maybe a couple guys got into it, something like that. But it obviously turned out not to be the case. But uh, so I waited. When I didn't hear anything back, I started asking her, uh, you know, when's the last time you heard from Parker? Have you talked to him just very recent? And then she started getting nervous. She just sort of picked up on, you know, there's something wasn't right. And so I kind of told her, you know, I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, but it could be anything. And so she got real nervous. So we, we ended up hopping in the car and driving down there because we hadn't heard from him. And she was calling him and calling him and calling him the whole time and never, you know, obviously never got a response. And she was getting more and more upset and nervous. And even all the way up there, I kept thinking, you know, even if something had happened, he's probably just, you know, if there's cops, they probably got them all out of there. Maybe he left his phone inside, you know, no big deal. We'll get there. He'll be in the parking lot and we'll talk to him. But see, I, yeah, but I knew. I, my number, my phone number is one of the only numbers he said. I remember him saying, I'll always know your phone number. Because it was before you could save somebody like as a contact. You know, he'd, I'd had the same number. So I knew if something had happened like that, even if his phone was inside and he was out safe, he would have been calling me on somebody's yeah. phone. He would have been calling me saying, don't freak out. I'm okay. I just want to let you know what's going on. So I, I mean, I knew as we were driving over there, I kept telling him. Because when we started to get into the car in the garage, he made a face and made a gesture, something, and I said, what? And he said, nothing, let's just go. And I said, no, what? And he said, someone's been killed. There's a fatality. And that's when I, I mean, I definitely lost it then and i just kept saying it's him i know it's him he would have let me he would have he'd be calling me i know it's him i know it's him and he kept saying you don't you don't know that you know i remember you saying this could have been it could have been the one in macon you know the location in macon and i said no you know it wasn't i mean i knew i just knew i just knew so anyway yeah so i mean we we just we drove up there we don't live that far from it probably I don't know, four miles. It's not like a long drive. It seemed like it took a long time to get there, but we got up there and pulled into a, you couldn't get into the parking lot. It's in like a little, small little strip center. There's about three or four other restaurants and, and stuff right there and, and it all built in with it. But that entire parking lot was completely roped off, police cars and, and everything. So we, I had to pull into like a McDonald's parking lot right next door. And, uh, there were some cops standing out in the middle and, um, uh, I knew that there was obviously fatality I'd heard, but I could see the van. You could see the coroner's van over on the other side of the parking lot. So I knew there was something, something bad. Didn't know it was, you know, didn't know about Parker. But uh, I was trying to get some attention from them, and they weren't paying any attention to me. So I stepped across. I just went under their line, and then they came over to me, and they were gonna, you know, either get me out of there or put me down. So. I got back on the other side and told him he needed to come talk to me. So an officer came and talked to me, and then, you know, I was, he was basically trying to figure out who I was and what it was. And I kind of told him, you know, our son was working here tonight, trying to find out. We haven't heard from him. And I could tell from 
as soon as he asked who he was and I told, you know, it was Parker, I could tell from his face that <clears throat> Parker was involved one way or, you know, another. But she stayed in the car and she was already a mess pretty much. But I was talking with the officer and finally got around to it and I just asked him and yeah, so it was I said Well, I was out by that point. No, you were in the car. She was in the car, but I asked the officer, you know, was Parker dead? Because I seen the van. And he shook his head and said, yes, he is. So that's how we found out. And as soon as, I don't even think she could have heard it. You know, the windows were up, doors were closed. But no, I was she, she was, it, well, you were in the front seat on the other side. And as soon as he told me that, I could hear her wailing in the car. So I went around the other side. She was in, she was in the car when I went over there. So you were in the car. I collapsed in the parking lot. And you caught me and put me in the car. You, I think you might have been trying to get out of the car, but you were you were in the car when I got over there. But, yeah, it was, I mean, it's surreal. Like, you don't believe that's really happening. I mean, you see it, you know, and you might even drive past the scene sometimes, think, man, I'm, something bad happened there. You hear the stories, but you never think right. that it's going to be you. No, never, never. And, you know, where we're at, it's not like it's Mayberry. But it's a pretty good area, or it always seemed to be. Um, and, and so anything like that yeah. that would happen would not be not in, in that part of town, part of you know. Town either it's like any town, you know. You got parts of town that <clears throat> things might happen more frequently, and this was not that part of town. So you know, it really was a surprise. I mean, it sort of shocked the whole town. Really, it really was. It, it was out of character for that area. So I mean, we never would have thought it. I mean. You hear that, and Liam, one of your two sons, and um, that's something. Uh, that's a feeling that a, a parent for because the, Parker was not your biological son, right, Chris? He was not. No, he was my stepson. Yeah, but even for you, what was obviously you and Parker created quite a bond. Yeah, um, you know we we didn't have as long a relationship. It wasn't like you know. You know, Lee and I got married when he was two years old. I mean, he was, he had just turned 18, I guess, when I came around into the picture. But, um, so, I mean, it was nearly six years, I guess, that we knew each other. But, uh, I mean, I tried to help him. You know, he was, he was already sort of a young man trying to find his way and everything. And he, he didn't always make great decisions and, and things. And he would decide, well, I'm going to buy this or buy this. And he might want to hold that money or, you know, things, you know, how young guys do. And, uh, the growing pains. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, We've all uh, been there. Yeah, so I had more of a mentorship, I'd say, relationship with him than, you know, like, it wasn't like we were hugging and going fishing and stuff together all the time. It was more like, you know, I was I was playing the dad role with him, and I treated him just like, you know, any of the other boys, Alec and, and my two, Kyle and Dylan, I, you know, all the same. And so if he did something I didn't like, you know, I let him know, same as I would anybody else. But, yeah, I mean... We had some talks, like when we would go and get his car. I'd always have to help him with his car, something with the car, this or that. I, you know, something had to be fixed. It was me, and I'd show him this, and I'd try to tell him that, and I'd try to give him advice. And sometimes he'd take it, and sometimes he wouldn't, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was sort of he was finally getting his act together. It seemed like everything, the pieces were coming together, you know, right when this was right when this happened. So it was like, oh, just. <clears throat> It was just a punch in the gut, it really was. To see to see him finally growing and starting to do, 
you know, all the, all the stuff sort of started sinking in. It looked like it was finally sinking in with him and it was, you know, we were going to see good things, you know, really good things from him. But as a, as a dad, even if you are a biological father or a stepfather, like you said, when you start to see that progress, yeah. a man becoming, you know, is finding himself, finding his way, right. you know, it's a proud moment for you, you know, or they feel, you feel like you've helped or in some way have helped guide him. And yeah, it's just a, a life lost way too yeah, soon. Just a, it's a total shame. It's just a, it's just a waste. It was never should have happened. And Leah, I know how much you love both of your sons and, you know, that's a, the feeling you felt that night, the, what you experienced is something no mother should ever have to go through. I, I still sometimes can't believe that it's true. I mean, I know in my head that it's true, but when I think about that I will never see him get married, I will never see his children, you know, he had, he had um, kind of made up his mind that he wanted to go into the Air Force. He was really like, God, that would be, you know, awesome. My dad was in the Air Force. Chris was in the Air Force. He really looked up to Chris. Um, and he had kind of finally made that decision. And I can remember just envisioning seeing him, you know, whatever you do from boot camp. Graduate. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> graduate <laughs> yeah. from boot camp right. or, you know, the basic training, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and just, I know he would have been so proud of himself, um, you know, so I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to see that, you know, I mean, and it's hard for me, for Alec, so not only did I lose one child, but I have to watch my other child go through the rest of his life, not having his brother, so just being alone, so it's really hard, so even though Alec is still here, I still have him, and I thank God for that. It's just to know that he's hurting because he won't ever have that with his brother. You know, Parker won't be up there as his best man or vice versa. You know, he won't meet Alex's wife. You know, I think about it in the future. She's the person that will <coughs> know Parker is nothing more than a name. She won't ever have known Parker, even though she's going to, you know, she'll be married to Alex. She'll never know Parker. And his children will just know Parker as a name. And he was so much more than that. But they'll never know that. So that's really hard. That's a, that's a tough one. I, I think... And you do so well with it now. We're, we're having this music festival that we're going to talk more about here in a second. But it's something that you never, it's, it's something you have to get used to, not accept. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, and I'm sure you still have your moments where maybe you go, you're in your house and you, you just break down sometimes. Like, you know, you have to cry it out. And it's just something that, like you said, Alec, growing up without his brother, it made me think a lot about me and my brother, how, you know, we live together and, you know, I, I want to punch him in the face sometimes he annoys me so much but at the end of the day I, I can't imagine my life without him mm -hmm. and it's just it puts it in perspective and it's something that you shouldn't have had to go through Alec shouldn't have had to go through your family shouldn't have had to go through but the way you've honored his name and honored his legacy by helping people you know giving them scholarships and you know using it as a tool to help others is I couldn't imagine doing anything else other than trying to 
I just want people to know his name. <laughs> I just want people to, you know, see his name and think, oh, who, you know, who is this? And then learn more about him, you know, because they've heard his name or see his name or a friend of a friend got a scholarship that's got his name attached to it or, you know, little boys that have gone to summer camp, you know, will maybe always remember him. And there's, you know, people that didn't know him will never have the chance to know him. So it's kind of, in a way, get, you know, letting other people know him that never got the chance to. I don't, it, I mean, every single person that ever met him adored him. Mm. I mean, <laughs> loved him. You know, we've had, I've had so many people reach out to me and be like, oh my God, he was like one of my best friends. Well, you know, I know kind of who his best friends were, who he, you know, hung out with the most and talked about the most and spent the most time with growing up and, you know, having experiences with and that kind of thing. And he wasn't best friends with 200 people or hundreds of people, but they, everyone that he met, he made them feel like, you know, not like he was trying to be fake about it. He just made them feel like they were the most important person right there, right in that moment to, to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, even if it was customers going through the line at the restaurant, you know, he would, he would converse with them in a way that, you know, customers have past customers of his have told me or us or, you know, other people, not necessarily always me that, um, you know, when I got in that line to have him prepare my food, I felt like by the time I got to the end of the line that I had, like he was a friend, like I had known him, you know, forever or something. You know, there were a lot of people that have sent me friend requests on Facebook or reached out to me that were like, you know, I used to go into the restaurant, you know, and Parker always prepared my food and he just was always such a, you know, happy person and smiling and joking and so personable and such a good, and he always gave me free queso. Like everybody always <laughs> <said>. <laughs> So the owners of the restaurant probably think they they probably lost a lot of queso because mm -hmm. <laughs> everybody has told me he always gave me free queso. Like yeah, they're probably sitting there right now. That's where all that queso <laughs> went. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's Parker without really knowing it recognized that you know this is how you keep people coming back too. Mm -hmm. You know, give them a little you know Something free queso. Side, you know. <laughs> They'll be, you know, they spent a lot more money than what that queso would have cost if they just bought it at one time and then didn't ever come back. So, yeah, he was a people person. He was definitely a people person. Um, and so we have the Rodaway right Music Fest happening on the nineteenth, mm -hmm. and uh, the nonprofit profit is Parker Killian Gives More. Correct. It's a nonprofit, and you can find that at ParkerKillianGivesMore dot com. No, it's Parker just ParkerKillianMore dot com. ParkerKillianMore dot com, mm -hmm. and it's uh. Been quite a, quite a process putting the whole music festival together. Uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. Uh, but we finally have it all set up. Kickoff is at two, and it goes till ten. It is. It's from two until ten. Um, we're going to be. I have to look at the time of the. We're going to have a pet costume contest at three thirty. It's kind of you know it's right before Halloween. So and Parker absolutely adored animals. Um, all all animals. So we thought, you know, we wanted to somehow include animals in it. Um, but yeah, it's going to kick off at two. Uh, 
from four o'clock until ten o'clock, we're going to have music, um, five different bands, um, and then actually a fifteen-minute set. Uh, with a, I don't. He's not a band, but um, metalsome karaoke. Well, that's going to be the headline. Yeah. But at four o'clock, we're going to start with um, Hayden Wall and the Runte Family Band, and then there's going to be a, a fifteen twenty-minute set by uh, somebody called the Lyrical Ace, mm. and um, He's gonna he's gonna be up there for a little bit. Then we're gonna have half hot. Those are my boys. Half <laughs> yep, hot. Yep. I told him to leave the cat suits at home for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Parker would probably like the cat suits. <laughs> he'd, he'd love it. I tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> he was the cat whisperer. We oh, always yeah. tease about that. Uh, Six forty five. We're gonna have Shameless James. Um, at eight fifteen, we're gonna have um, a remembrance sort of little ceremony for for not only Parker but all the other loved ones that we've lost um, too soon you know it kind of became you know th- this was initially started and put on for for Parker um, and remembering him and honoring him but through the course of this journey that I personally have been on I've met a lot of people that have lost children um, because you as, as it's always said, you kind of become a part of a club you don't ever want to be a part of. Um, but I have a lot of friends now that have lost children. I have, fr- I have one friend that I knew her prior to any of this, and I've lost Parker, and she lost her son to a shooting in May. Mm. So, she, you know, I wanted to represent these, <clears throat> these children, people's children that were gone too soon, too. So we're going to have a, a table set up with information about some of these other other people um, that were gone too soon, and we're going to have a little remembrance celebration, and that's going to be at um, 8.15 for, for just a couple of minutes, and then at 8.30 is the headliner band, which is going to be Meddlesome. Have you ever been to Meddlesome at uh, High 10 at the Dark Horse Tavern at, in uh, Virginia Highlands? Oh, man, it is, heard about it. it is one of the greatest <laughs> things to do in Atlanta. Funny okay. enough, their singer, English Nick, <laughs> is a DJ on 97 uh, One the River. Right, I've heard so, him. Yeah, I've heard him on there. So... It's funny that he's playing. I'm MCing Rock 100.5. It's just one big happy family. It's everyone, everybody to get along. Right. Oh, we're like direct competitors, so not necessarily family, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be fun. I like I like Nick and uh, Metalsome is really cool. It's really fun. You got a tent drum circle. I mean, we're gonna have it's a jam tent slash jam tent. drum circle. Yep. So we're gonna um, there's gonna be instruments and it, it's gonna be set up kind of a bohemian style setup over there at the jam tent. Um, Chris is going to be on the bongos. He, Chris, yeah, he's yeah, yep, all yeah. night. And yeah, it's been, it's been a while, a little rusty, but you know, <laughs> it's like riding a bike. <laughs> I have to pull him away from the bongos, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have some different instruments that, that we've got over there that, and anybody that wants to come and jam and they can bring their own instruments if they want um, can come and Hang out under the jam tent, um, and then, yeah, there's going to be, we're going to do a drum circle, which is actually what we did on the one-year anniversary of the loss of Parker. We had a lot of his friends came down to where we live. Um, There were probably about 20 people there, not in the house, but when we did the balloon launch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Mm -hmm. we went back to the house and did a drum circle. We really thought that Parker would think that was cool. He was a... He was a free spirit kind of hippie at heart, <laughs> so he would have really liked that. So we wanted to, yeah, we wanted to do that. My um, girlfriend will love the uh, drum okay. circle. She's an elitist masquerading as a wannabe hippie. So. Okay, <laughs> she'll she can fit right in, yeah. right in. And then we're gonna we're gonna have a STEM tent, 
um, for the kids. A uh, couple of different activities with the STEM tent. We're going to have some face painting uh, for kids during the day. This mm-hmm. this is during the day. Um, we're going to have a project called Parker's Rocks with a bunch of rocks that kids and adults and whoever wants to can paint the rocks and then keep it. And That's cool. You know, the where you hide the rock and somebody else finds it kind of thing yeah. and pay it forward. So we're going to do that. So there's a lot of different. Well, I will drink no less than eight beers in okay. his name. Okay. I'll Excellent. make sure I have a ride. I'll make sure I have a ride. But, Definitely, you know, it is. Yeah. The, Please do. Yeah. <laughs> he, loved, he loved his craft beer. Oh, yeah. He definitely did. <laughs> he, um, I, I haven't had the strength yet, and I hope I will soon, to go in his room. Have you not been in his room yet, Leah? I've been in there. I, He's I been in there. there. I, I have not. Everybody keeps telling me, you'll know when you're ready, but I just don't know that I. Leah, what was that story you told me last time when you were on the public affairs show? You sat near his door or, or something. Yeah, I kind of do that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes um, that he doesn't know about because he's already gone to bed. But um, now I'm going to cry again. <laughs> but the nighttime is hard um, because Parker usually was getting home from work at about 11. 10 30 11 o'clock is usually what time he would get home um sometimes i stay up a little bit later well he's usually asleep on the couch by about nine but <laughs> i stay up later. no shame in my game <laughs> <laughs> so he'll usually get up and he goes to bed about 10 15 and sometimes i'll i'll go to bed at that time but a lot of times i, I might stay up a little bit later and um Alec is very much a teenager in his room. We only see him every once in a while. There's not a bathroom upstairs, so we only see him when he has to come downstairs <laughs> to use the bathroom. Other than that, we really don't see him. He's a true 17-year-old <laughs> that's hanging out up in his room. So, you know, a lot of times it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock. It's quiet. Uh, he's in bed. Alec is in bed or up in his room. Um, and sometimes I just go and sit in the hallway outside of Parker's room because I can't go in but I feel like I'm a little bit closer to him when I can sit outside his door and he had a Texas star that we bought him on one of our trips to Texas and it hangs on his door and it's metal and sometimes I'll kind of lift it up and listen to it hit the door because that's what it would sound like he would close his door and he would be heading off to work or when he would come home from work and go in his room and close his door, that star would sort of rattle. And so sometimes I just will listen to it because it makes me feel like when he was there. And then usually I end up laying on, <laughs> laying on the floor. I sound like a crazy person, but I usually end up laying on the floor outside of his bedroom door. Because when the air comes on, it'll push air out from under his door and I can smell him. <laughs> so I can't go in there yet, but I can smell him. <laughs> and he always smelled like a combination of dirty, dirty little boy, you know, <laughs> playing outside in the dirt and uh, burritos. Yeah, that's fairly <laughs> accurate. It's fairly accurate. And his smell. You know, everybody has their own sort of smell right. about him. Not a stinky smell, <laughs> just his own smell. So it's like this combination of smells. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I sound crazy. No, no, no. Like, but not at all. You're a mom. It's just what I, I need to do when I can't go in there yet. But when I do go in there, I can see his collection of all of his craft beer bottles. Cause They're he still there. About 20, I'm uh, not 25 sure. of them. Oh, he, lo- he loved beer. My kind of man. My yeah, man. I was trying to think of what his favorite one was. I can't remember what it was called. But um, Purple Haze, I know he liked that one. He had so many. He had so many different ones. He liked to try new things. Yeah. Sour Monkey, that was it. <laughs> no, that was uh, one, of the, Sour yeah, Monkey. one of the later ones. Yeah, that was one of the later came ones. Came across. So, uh-huh. so, yeah, this definitely, drink eight, that's a good number. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my associate Michael and I, we can't wait to come out and uh, help you know, make this a really fun day for everybody. It's going to be awesome. Thank you to the bands for um, participating in it, uh, to all the sponsors, volunteers, vendors. It's going to be awesome. The Rodaway Music Fest happening October 19th. And uh, where is it located at? Swanee Town Center. Swanee Town Center. Swanee Town Center. I think the address is just Swanee Town Center Avenue, but it's a, it's a great venue. And it's one that we spend a lot of time at. You know, they have a lot of free concerts and free movies in the park and they would do stuff like that and so i have i don't know how many different pictures from different ex- times that we went to swanee town center that parker you know went with us or that when even when we lived mm-hmm. you know where we live now we would travel up and go to swanee town center and he'd meet us there and um so it's somewhere he always enjoyed being as well so i think it's the perfect location yeah. and then we found out once Great we venue. started planning it that they have a mascot. Swanee has a mascot and it's a dog and his name is Parker, <laughs> which we really could not believe. But so Parker, the mascot will be there. <laughs> so. Well, uh, like I said, terrible circumstances that we finally met Leah. And yeah. I know this is, you know, really hard for your family and, uh, anything I can always do to help, like, you know, helping you tell the story, being there that day, it's an absolute honor. It's a pleasure to, uh, for y'all to ask me to be a part of this. And thank you for uh, telling the story again. I know that was hard. Well, we so appreciate it. And like you said, we appreciate every everybody, the vendors, the volunteers, the bands, you, just everyone that has helped us move forward with this. We've had a lot of people that have really stepped forward and heard the story and wanted to be wanted to be a part of it. And we couldn't have done it without all of this, definitely. I mean, I never knew planning something like this would be is involved but it's going to be great the right away music fest october 19th people that listen to this so this podcast is downloaded in 35 countries so people that are listening they usually hear bands or actors or us drinking beer so they're listening to this and they're like whoa we're totally going but what is up with the seriousness of the scope podcast in this episode <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to lighten it up. Yeah. To lighten it up. I really wish I had brought beer now. 